0: Welcome to Beyond the Bio, a podcast that shares the stories of our extraordinary people from their own perspectives. You can read their bios online, but those hardly scratch the surface of who they are and the great work that they're doing. I'm Keith Bevins, a partner and global head of consultant recruiting at Bain. Joining me today by phone is Claire Gordon, a partner in our London office. And today we'll talk with Claire about her background, her path into consulting, and some of the really cool things she's done both inside and outside of Bain throughout. Welcome, Claire.
1: Hi, Keith, how are you?
0: I'm good. I know you started at Bain as an AC, but can you give people a little bit of your background before you joined Bain and your journey into consulting and into Bain?
1: Sure. So I grew up in the north of England in Yorkshire, and I went to Oxford to do my undergrad. I did mainly a philosophy degree. So I worked out pretty quickly that there aren't many jobs for emergency philosophers left in the world. So I had to find something else to do. And I looked at Corporate jobs, I actually did an internship with a major corporate and I liked working on the business strategic issues, but I just felt from that experience that it was going to take me a long time to be able to work in that organisation, in such a large organisation, on some of the strategic choices and decisions that I felt they needed to make. And so when I saw the Bain proposition and their presentations, I felt that not only were the people compelling, but I also liked the idea of early on in my career being able to work on some of those strategic issues.
0: So did you come to Bain directly after university or did you make a stop first?
1: So I took a year out actually after I'd got the Bain offer because I wanted to do two things. One was I'd always had it in my head that I might actually like journalism and I also wanted to learn a language because when I finished uni and looked really just for temp jobs, I kind of realised I didn't have any marketable skills. (laughs) So I thought that I should get some more concrete skills. So I actually went to Bolivia in Latin America for a year and worked for a newspaper there. So it helped me pick up Spanish, but it also helped me work out that there were lots of features of, of journalism I liked, but it, it really wasn't for me. So it was helpful because it, it knocked out that thought and meant that I came back and into Bain ready to try that kind
0: of work. It's really funny. The more I talk with people from Bain that I, I feel like I know, the more I realize I don't. I had no idea you were a journalist, much less in Bolivia. So we're all learning together, I suppose. So after the year in Bolivia, I know you rejoined Bain as an AC using that offer you had before you left for Bolivia. Can you talk a little bit about your AC experience and was the career itself love at first sight and something that you knew you'd want to do for the long term?
1: Sure. So I joined London with a great peer group. It was a lot of fun. And I was there for about four years. So I did what is our associate consultant and senior associate consultant and then the first year of the consultant program. And I actually tried lots of different things. So I went to the Madrid office for six months to try and use some of the Spanish that I'd learned in Bolivia. And that was part of a formal transfer programme. So I uh, applied to do that and did that on a rotation. And someone from Madrid came to London as a transfer as well. So we have that scheme where everybody swaps broadly at once. And that was just a great experience to see a different office chance to live in a different culture. I also worked in Stockholm at that time, that was different. That was just a specific case opportunity. There was a client in Stockholm. And so I opted in to do that. And it meant I was working in Stockholm, but actually more more frequently coming back to London, whereas Madrid actually formally moved to Madrid for six months. And I worked on lots of different industries from shipping to retail to insurance. And I also did six months in our private equity ring fence where we do look at investments, look at the strategic side of investments that private equity houses are considering. And that was actually really good training in terms of how you think very quickly and structurally about a business opportunity. So I got a really good grounding in lots of different areas and I I very much enjoyed it, but I did feel that I guess I was just quite young to be saying, right, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I think there is something about the people who are who actually enjoy consulting is that they do have a curiosity and a sort of intellectual ADHD. So you're always looking for the new problem or the new thing. So I absolutely wasn't thinking that I'd necessarily stay at Bain. Forever. And I decided at that point to go and do an MBA. So I went to Harvard to do an MBA and try some different things while I was there.
0: So Claire, after a few years at Bain, you you go back to Harvard. And from my own experience, I know that HBS gives you a chance to experience a lot of different things, either on the internship between years, maybe a few weeks before, a few weeks after, but also in the curriculum and people do a lot of different things. What was your experience like at at HBS?
1: It was great. It was a great experience, mainly really because of the, the people that I met there and many of whom are still of really good friends. And the opportunity for me it had it essentially a British undergrad education to see the US system, which is, is quite different. So it was good in terms of a life experience. And then in terms of the job side, there were courses that were very interesting. But the thing and actually one of the reasons that I went to HBS was because of their strong emphasis on, on social enterprise. So I did a lot of that activity there and spent my summer working for the UN Development Programme in Sub-Saharan Africa in Malawi and helping them set up a sustainable business programme there, which looks to create value chains of activity that would support development. So for example, to coordinate a, a US NGO that might provide cows to farmers and training on how they can become a dairy producer and then would similarly work with corporate agents like a Tetra Pak and a Unilever to find a way to package the milk and sell the milk locally. So creating value chains to drive the economy and working with the Malawian government to do that. And obviously the UN is a very different organisation to some of the places I'd worked previously. So it was a really good way for me to think about what that might look like as a career. And it was also just a really fascinating and interesting experience. So after the MBA, I wanted to try working in a more entrepreneurial, a smaller environment. So I actually joined Innocent Drinks, a European smoothie company who at the time were a really fast growing startup and they had got to a point where the smoothie business was quite well established, although since then they've grown even a lot more. But they were thinking about what to do next. Well, what could they do next with their business? And so I joined them to help think through their expansion opportunities and, and to run innovation. So at the end of that process, I, had, I launched a food business for them called VegPots, which went into all the major retailers in the UK and was just a great experience of doing something very operational, something much more different. It was really exciting, getting up every morning and seeing the sales figures. So it felt like a fast-paced entrepreneurial environment. I also supported them at that time. They went through a fundraising round and and that ultimately led to their sale to Coca-Cola and they're they're part of Coca-Cola today. Obviously, Coca-Cola are not a food company, much more interested in the um, drink side so uh, they've really run with the smoothie brand, but the the food business has actually spun off and, and now a very fast-growing, repositioned-as-vegan brand in, in the UK. So it's been great being involved in that story, and it was a really good experience for me. And it also helped me learn a bit about what I was looking for in my career and what I enjoyed doing. I very much liked the concepting phase and the startup phase, but the idea of running that business year in year out wasn't as appealing to me or repeating the innovation process I'd done before wasn't as appealing so that was one reason that I returned then to bain the other reason was it was really the first time that I was running a, t- a team a sizable team and I thought that it would be great to have that experience at bain where there is such a formal apprenticeship and coaching environment that I felt could really step change my management ability and help me learn that stage at Bain. So I at that point went back to Bain to be a, a manager in the consulting firm.
0: That sort of spurs two thoughts for me. One is when you went to Innocent Drinks, which skills from your time at Bain were you using to learn that job and to thrive in that job and help them in all the new directions that you took them?
1: So I think the heart of the junior consulting job almost is is a problem solving job so it's taking something like where should we expand next and learning how to go through a process to break that down into analytical stages sometimes creative stages but here is the process and the system that I'm going to go through to answer that question so feeling comfortable in a situation of ambiguity and designing approaches to get to, Answers in uh, situations where that's not obvious, I think is is the heart of what we ask our our junior consultants to do. And then, of course, there's some analytical capabilities, etc., that you learn in the earlier days. I think there's also just a resilience and a pragmatism at Bain culturally. I think we're really good at getting on with stuff, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But we have a very pragmatic approach and being able to drive results, be used to a kind of regular pace of let's just get stuff done, let's give it a go. Uh, that spirit of bane, I think, is, is completely aligned to what you need and require in an entrepreneurial environment, but
0: lots of other environments as well. As a fellow former AC, former associate consultant, I, I certainly know things rarely work out exactly as you plan them at the start of the case. And the trick is to not fall. But if you fall, make sure you fall forward so that you can keep making progress towards the goal. The second thing I wanted to ask you about, your one of a few people that we've spoken to that have left Bain and come back. And I'm kind of curious what your connection to Bain was while you were at Innocent and while you were at Harvard Business School, because at some point, presumably you picked up the phone and and called some of the people uh, that were mentoring you or that you were close with to talk about rejoining the firm. And we haven't really spent much time unpacking that for people that are curious how that actually works. How did you stay connected to the firm while you were at Business School and while you were at Innocent?
1: So it was Pretty easy at business school, given that we are you know, structurally as a firm, often on campus. So people come to interview, people come to do presentations, people come to stalk, talk as speakers at the business school. So at business school, there was a lot of ways to t- stay in contact. And obviously, there were other other Bainies in the year. And there was the local Bain office in, in Boston who we would occasionally See, and you might take you out for dinner if you were nice to them. So, there were a lot of informal contacts or ways to stay in contact when I was at business school. When I came back to London, I stayed in touch with the local office, but also they they stayed in touch with me. So, a particular mentor who I'd worked with previously really went out of his way to to stay in touch with me and talk about the opportunities there still are, at Bain, and, and just check in really and work out how I was feeling about the innocent situation, whether I was going to stay long term. So I think that Bain has a lot of informal contacts, but it's also an environment where everyone's always happy to hear from alumni. We obviously have alumni events regularly. So it wasn't too difficult to stay in touch. And I've also seen situations where people people haven't stayed in touch, but later they decide that they might be interested in Bain again. So they just, they reach out. And I guess for for us we 're a talent business. It, the people drive our business, and obviously, for any company if you if you find someone good and they
0: culturally fit with you you 're usually overjoyed to have them back in the business so exactly i I usually <laughs> say when any of the folks on my team have a chance to do an externship or do something a little different while they 're away at business school, they usually come back with a different level of empathy and appreciation for what it takes to implement some of the changes they're recommending to their clients. So I know we're always eager to to talk with people who are interested in rejoining the firm. So once you rejoin the firm, you rejoin in London. Did you leverage any of your prior experience, either as a journalist speaking Spanish or in consumer products?
1: So I did from then on. the, The innocent days kind of instilled in me a bit of a passion for consumer products. And so I did on returning since I started as a manager. I have focused on consumer products. I'm now a, a partner in our RCP practice. So it did help ground me, as you said, in the practicalities of that industry and what it actually takes to operate a business there. So it meant that I, I stayed with that client base. I, I tend to work with, they're often multinationals because that's the nature of the business, global consumer products companies. I work on issues like mergers, integrations, separations, a kind of M&A agenda, but also on the strategy of the business, often the growth strategy and how they can drive a repeatable growth model to ensure that in every market and every brand, how does a major um, company drive that acceleration? But we also do work with um, insurgent brands. So I did a European expansion strategy this year for what is essentially a startup in the U.S., and we know they're not going to be Bain's biggest client, but insurgent brands, startups are a huge factor in the consumer products industry at the moment. So us having that experience as well, being able to balance the, the scale clients and, and some smaller clients, as well as our private equity portfolio clients that tend to be more mid-cap, has actually been really valuable for me, in terms of advising all sorts of businesses, and it it makes things interesting.
0: So as you're now clearly a leader in our consumer products practice, I do have to ask, as someone who lived in multiple countries in Europe, lived in Africa for a little while, lived in Latin America for a little while. Have you continued to scratch that international itch during your time at Bain since you've been back?
1: So I gave myself not a lot of option by marrying a diplomat, basically. So my husband's in the, in the British Foreign Office, and it's obviously a part of his job to travel and, and spend time abroad. So after I'd been back in the business for a, a couple of years... He wanted to or needed to, for his career, go on posting. And so we looked at offices that I could go to with Bain, places that worked for his career and places that were sunny. That was our our criteria. And we ended up in Kuala Lumpur for three years. So I, I moved to Kuala Lumpur when I was a principal, which is a senior manager level. I was also about six months pregnant with our first child at that time. And it's an element of flexibility in the Bain system that is really hard for me to imagine I'll find anywhere else. I mean, the the idea that you can walk into your employer and say, I'd like my job, my exact same job with the same trajectory and career prospects, but actually now I'd like to do it in Kuala Lumpur. I can't imagine many places where the answer, actually, the answer I got from our uh, talent leader in London was, do we have a Kuala Lumpur office? <laughs> but after he'd uh, looked it up on the Bain map, it, it was really very rapid. You know, about three, four weeks later, I was talking to the office head and they agreed to take a very heavily pregnant blonde woman <laughs> in a in an Islamic country in Southeast Asia. So it, it's been a great feature of, of Bain that's enabled us to do that. We were there for three years. I had both my kids out there. And I actually got promoted to partner in Kuala Lumpur and then came back to London at the end of my husband's posting. So I'm I'm sure it's something that we'll do again. And I think Bain really values that, what they call global citizens, people who are happy and willing to get experience in different places, especially in the sector I work in, that developing markets experience has been invaluable which was an interesting process to go through because I think I went there with some reticence thinking that this actually might delay my career. It might be problematic. I'm moving somewhere where I don't know clients. I don't know the culture. I don't know people in the Bain system. I don't have sponsors. And one thing that was really amazing for me is that how the Bain culture actually looks similar, even in offices that are so different geographically.
0: So Claire, at the end of that, when you returned to London, I think is when we met for the first time and had a chance to talk about our career paths. I think we were on campus somewhere in Paris or near Paris. As we wrap up, I thought maybe I'd give you a chance to talk to some of the people that are listening that are on the front end of their career. A lot of people get anxious, not knowing exactly what they want to be doing 20 years from now. And sometimes that's perfectly fine. And so I'd I'd be curious what advice you would give to people listening that are at the front end of their career with a lot of options and trying to make the right decision for what to do next. What would you tell them?
1: So I think I'd tell them to think a bit about the skill sets that you would like to develop or you think might be useful in a future career and the places you can get that experience. To follow interests and passions, because if you are interested in something you're always going to think you should have done it until you actually do it and give it a go and and learn from that experience so to to try new things and then i think the last thing i'd say is don't worry too much about it right i think that there are lots of ways to build a career path that if you're engaged in in these kind of careers and with all the opportunities we have in front of us you're going to land somewhere interesting and that's right for you so kind of trust in your your skill set and your process and just be excited right start of a career it's is a very exciting place to be
0: exactly I, i had one of my mentors in fact tell me that you should try and have as much fun on the journey as you think you'll have at the destination and you'll probably be a lot happier along the way and i think that ties in very closely to what you were saying yeah claire thank you for being here always a pleasure to talk And thanks everyone for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond the Bio wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you soon with a new episode. Thanks.